right, y'all. I'm back. Uh, this is episode 12 of the podcast. Uh, first up, thanks for all your comments and reviews and whatnot. That really helps get the podcast out to more people. Uh, today, I am joined by my old friend Derek Montez, who is currently based in San Francisco, but we met in Albuquerque. We just learned in 2004. And uh, I've just always liked Derek, thought he had a lot of talent and helped him get started in the tattoo business. And we'll, we'll get into some of that. So uh, I'm just glad you're in town. You got snowed in. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Denver. <laughs> the, the universe has a funny way of working out sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, no, I'm psyched. Cool to kick it and walk down some memory lanes. Yeah, right. See where it goes. Yeah, that's the funnest part of this. The yeah. whole podcast thing for me is is going back and you know re rehashing shit, you know, and hearing other people's uh, sides of stories that I tell people all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, it must spark some pretty crazy memories too. Yeah, it does. It does. So, you know, I met you in Albuquerque. Were you born and raised there? Yeah, born and raised in Albuquerque, um, North Valley. Uh, like little street called uh, Lee Acres down by Sadie's restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I know Sadie's. Yeah. If you know, you know, Sadie's, you know, Albuquerque, you know, the North Valley. And so, uh, yeah, I was born down there. Um, yeah. All the way till high school. And then I moved up to, you know, the student ghetto of UNM. You stayed in the same neighborhood all the way through? <laughs> yeah. Same neighborhood. Um, same wow. house. Uh, wow. Yeah. Definitely. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you must have an affinity for that neighborhood, or you hate it, I suppose. I think everyone that's grown up in the North Valley has a pride for the North Valley. There's, like, you know, there's, like, kind of kids that are, like, on the east side, and then you have, you know, the west side kids, mm -hmm. you know, Albuquerque High kids, but yeah. us North Valley kids are really connected to, you know, to the river and the water and, right. you know, the lands, um, summer nights, like, hanging out in Anderson Field and... Yeah, I don't know. There's something kind of special about it. I think that sure. uh, it was a cool neighborhood to grow up in Albuquerque. Yeah, because you know you still had some affluent people, but then you know you had some really hood ass people still, still sure. do. You know, no, that's Albuquerque. I yeah. think in general, for sure. I think that part of town too is kind of older because it's so close to the river, and that like when downtown was expanding, a lot of the agriculture and the ranches were up in the North Valley. Yeah. You know, it's like the way the streets are laid out down there is different. And there's just so much adobe and those big round walls. and Just all the agriculture that used to go on there. I mean, you know, back even in the 1800s. It was, exactly. Yeah, exactly. there's a lot of history. That, that's yeah, where it was totally. happening. Totally, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so there's still yeah. like vestiges of that. There's still like horses. You know, you can still have horses in your yard down there by the river. Yeah, my neighbors had horses. Really? Yeah, it's like still zoned. My dad's house down there is still to zoned for farmland. Yeah, oh, we wow. yeah we have uh, water rights to the uh, to the ditches that run all the way right. through the, the yeah. whole North Valley. The irrigation ditches yeah, totally. set up for the ranches. And yeah, the farms. absolutely. Yeah. Huh, that's Growing cool. alfalfa and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of stuff were you into as a kid? Did you draw? Yeah, I drew. I mean, I never thought I drew it any more than any other little kid because I feel like all little kids kind of drew. But then it wasn't until I, I got think so. I like, think it's the thing that we lose. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, when we're little, I think we all doodle and whatnot. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I mean, it was pretty standard education at the time to make collages and paint. I feel like that's not even quite a thing anymore. I don't know, but 
yeah, I didn't feel like I was like exceptional at it. I didn't think I was really special at it, but I just know I enjoyed it. It's a good way to just zone out in my room or I felt the same way on the floor behind the couch, you know, just like yeah. get lost in my world, drawing Ninja Turtles and Transformers and GI Joe battles, and you know. Did you have those kinds stuff. of uh, toys? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Were you were you, were you yeah. kind of drawing from your head, or were you looking at those things and trying to draw them? Uh, drawing from my head at first, definitely. Um, you know, I can still bust out like the formula for the old Ninja Turtles that, you know, I, I memorized it, you know, I knew their I little muscle like, structures. And... I feel like kids back then used to hip each other to the little systems on how to draw things. Somebody <laughs> yeah. showed me how to draw those like Ed Roth hot rod kind of things with giant back tire and a little front tire and a huge engine with the arms sticking out. And it was just, you know, you start with a rectangle and some ovals and it just Boom, there it is. Yeah, but that's something you never really kind of forget. It's like once you learn, oh, no. yeah, once you learn how to like, <laughs> you know, once you learn how to draw like, I don't know, like, you know, a sword and like the, you know, the geography of it, it's, sure. it just kind of goes in your memory bank and just kind of stays there. And I never yeah. lost it, like those kind of yeah. little hints and cues. Sure. Like I remember when I learned like drawing cartoon characters, how to put like the little highlight in the pupil. Yes. You know? Sure. <laughs> the negative space highlight? Like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it stayed with me forever. But you've got to have, like, the eye for that, I think, too, and the eye for looking at detail like that. Yeah. Especially, especially something like that. I think a lot of people could look past it and not understand why the faces that they draw don't have the personality that yours or mine might having that highlight in there. That highlight is vastly important, actually, to yeah. the personality of a face. You still use that highlight in the tattooed women I do you today. Try to. you know? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's only like, like yeah. when the head is like, you know, two inches or smaller right. in height that you're like, oh, I just got to do the single line with a little dot. Right. You know, like a Sailor Jerry kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I mean, uh, so how did... Uh, art kind of evolved for you as a kid did you take art classes in public school no i never took an art class huh. never took an art class um did you take athletics and stuff yeah i played soccer you know like yeah. north valley little league soccer maybe i played a little basketball and stuff but i mean soccer was kind of the consistent one yeah but you know art was uh i realized something was kind of up with art when once uh kind of elementary school ended and it got into middle school like I was still drawing you know and, and like some of my of kids fall off yeah and a lot of kids yeah. a lot of kids fell off and like not per se like the friends that I was close to but just the kids around me I just noticed like no one was really into drawing pictures anymore sure. you know <clears throat> yeah and then it wasn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. other well you know some of us get it a little later than others but <laughs> yeah you know um yeah so I was still fucking drawing stuff and then like you know of course I started getting into skateboarding and I started, you know. When did that happen? Uh, that happened uh, middle school, like sixth grade. So okay. probably like You're around like. 12 years old, 13? No, like younger than that. Oh, like even younger. 10 or 11. Oh, okay. Oh, right, yeah. And then I, you know, and then I got opened up to the world of all the skateboard graphics stuff. And then, Same thing happened to me. Yeah. In 83, uh, I was 12. Yeah. I was born. It, oh yeah yeah 83, 83. oh yeah, that's totally. cool yeah. so that's the thing with skateboarding though it's like you got old enough and you yeah. got to a place a skate shop i assume and you're just like oh shit look at this this is cool yeah like, what the fuck yeah you know <laughs> i mean I, I was turned on to like mad magazine um yeah and so I was, I was pretty uh, those were in supermarkets 
Yeah, you know, I, and I, I would go into like. You know, I would go right to to Smith's grocery store, and I would go to the Mad Comics, and then right right down the way were the Lowrider magazines, and yeah. so I'd go, yeah. and they had the Lowrider art submissions in the back, and I'd always check favorite. those out. Yeah, I always get like a cheeky peek at some like you know hot Latin girl in some Budweiser I bikini used to look or whatever. At you know, bikini magazines. <laughs> yeah. I remember too. Yeah, all the naughty stuff. Real cheap. Well, they were yeah. just like, uh, they were, yeah, it was just like swimwear magazines yeah. in the women's like fashion section. And you were just like, dude, this is for the girls in bikinis? I'll mm-hmm. look at this. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember my mom having to tap me on the shoulder, like, what you looking at there? I'm like, oh, girls in bikinis. And she was just like, okay, at least you're normal. Like, <laughs> 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 Not so, whatever, but, you know, I remember, I remember that shit. Yes. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, you know, once I got into seeing these like skateboarding graphics, you know, it already kind of had. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, some of the graphics, you know, kind of had some of those, like, lowbrow appeal to it anyway kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And so it kind of, you know, kind of sparked another interest in me. So then I started, you know, drawing, like, re- emulating some of the skateboard graphics that I, I saw. You know? Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until, uh, I think the next kind of art resurgence I had was probably when I was about 12. Um, you'll get a kick out of this. It was a friend of mine went to California came back with uh it's like a scribble magazine oh damn and uh what about the scribble? yeah right wow. fuck man I, and i remember we like sitting around in our class like like all the guys you know kind of in a circle and we were checking out all these graffiti pieces man from like you know it's, yeah it's sever and bliss and just you know all the awr guys i saw your stuff i just saw sure. and it was so different from the graffiti that I would see in the North Valley. Um, yes. Just because I wasn't a teen to, you know, I didn't know of like the monolithic walls. I didn't know of like Tuzani crew. I didn't know of any of that stuff. You know, I was a neighborhood kid skating, you know, just started smoking a little pot, you know, but when I saw that fucking magazine, man, and I saw like, you know, these graffiti productions, like fuck it, it changed right then and there. It was like me and my friends, um, it was like it was on. We were like, all right, we're How gonna, we're gonna be then? graffiti writers. We we're twelve. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Little skateboarding yeah, crew of kids stealing the spray paint out of like you know our parents' houses, or even like go yeah. to a girl's house and sure. like go sneak into her garage and see if her parents had spray paint oh, and sure. take it and just yeah, yeah. and then we it just started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then just started started painting and like once that happened, I was just like, fuck man, I was obsessed with graffiti. I was yeah. just like overtook everything it felt like it was you know i'd still do my sports still do you know school i was a pretty like i was a pretty i wasn't a bad kid but i wasn't a good kid like i was a very average yeah rock and seas i got a b now and then (laughs) parents would be stoked (laughs) but like i wasn't i wasn't like trying to you know to win the honor roll over um but yeah i mean kind of with with graffiti that's what really kind of sparked really sparked art again I, I had a purpose all of a sudden with it no, it does that exactly make sense it's like i wasn't just did. drawing for like yeah i know exactly on computer paper you know the computer paper that had like the little fucking perforated edges yeah. that you would feed through like sure. i would just draw on that and it'd just go in a drawer and who fucking well, knows I what remember you know people were that's when the printers changed and everybody had these big boxes of that that kind of paper with the holes on the sides with the perforation, yeah. right? <laughs> the and massive boxes, oh, yeah. Oh, you draw? 
Oh, here, I got some paper for you that I'm never going to use again because these, these printers are so out of date. Yeah, my mom would bring it back from work and would be yeah, like, here's this, here's drawing paper for you, Derek. Like, go fucking nuts, you know? <laughs> That's funny. I remember that paper. Yeah. God, even the sound of the printer. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was awful. That's funny. Okay, so you were so you were drawing skateboards and then you were doing... Oh, yeah, get some of that. Um... And then you're, so what was up with high school? I mean, you know, did you start writing graffiti on the street pretty soon after you saw that Scribble magazine? Yeah, it was. As a, as a kid? I mean, do you, would you say you started graffiti writing at 12, or did you wait a few years before it really started to happen? Like mm. A lot of people, that happens. No, I mean, I mean, we we jumped off right away, like. Yeah. Started tagging in the bathrooms. Little North Valley hood rats. Start walking the ditches. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's where I started. Sneak out like at eleven or ten o'clock at night Nobody's and just start. Out. Yeah, just start. You know, practicing our tags. Maybe someone tries like to do their first little fill in throwy, and you're like, whoa! Yeah. It's like the Same coolest thing ever. You know. I was just in a different neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still in my parents' neighborhood though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, exactly. They, they didn't go far. Yeah, that's funny. Whatever you could like walk or bike to, sure. You know, it's kind of what. Son, where are you going? I'm gonna go write graffiti. Uh, if the cops get you, don't call us. <laughs> that's yeah, all I remember. So then that. you know, I I went to high school and uh, me and my friends, you know, we just kind of ended up meeting up with other, kind of like-minded kids going through the same thing in other different parts of the city that kind of mm-hmm. went to the same high school, okay. freshman year, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so then you just kind of like start linking up with them and. Next thing you know, you just kind of like start forming your your crew and your little posse. And it's such a trip because you were basically a generation behind me, but you did the same steps. Yeah. You, know, you found your local group of people, and then they started to meet other people, and then started to cross pollinate, and the crews get a little bigger and a little bit more exclusive. Yeah. You lose some friends and you gain some friends. Yeah. You start then you start learning about like oh you ever hear the rat holes and you're like. The rattles, and it's like, where's this? And then they're like, oh, it's by the Balloon Fiesta Park. And then you like take your first mission down to like some more walls, and then you Spots know, that's where there's a lot of graffiti, yeah, that where they're known about previously. Exactly, a lot where, of them were where, away. where people are doing the things Especially that I saw, in that era, by yeah, the that time I, you guys were hunting for them, you know. Oh, people were rocking, those, people were doing some cool shit. I just wasn't aware, I was just too young, you know. Well, we had to kind of go underground, I guess, it got a little crazy. kind of easier to pull off just paying in a day spot you know without permission sometimes but gosh what year what year are we talking there like 96 yeah you're looking around around like 96 97 i left i left for san francisco in 93 and even by then um we had started to try to had to find spots that were even more hidden because the police used to show up at some of those ditch spots and they wouldn't arrest us they wouldn't even hassle us sometimes they would just be like you know just keep it here you know and we're not going to hassle you we even there was even an officer named jd knight i remember i had his car (laughs) and he was like a sergeant i think and he used to patrol around winrock shopping mall where we had the all-time kingdom we called it yeah yeah i know the spot right so you know, he came down there and he was hella cool. And we didn't sweat him and he didn't sweat us. He was very straightforward and just said, listen, if anybody else comes down here to hassle you guys, tell them to call me. Mm-hmm. And gave us cards. And we were like, 
are you fucking <laughs> I mean, I remember, that's huge I remember being like what yeah. the fuck are you kidding me can we actually call this guy you know did you card did you call him ever we never had to okay but cops would come and we'd be like hey you obviously don't know what's up <laughs> are you from local to this area precinct you know you need to talk to jd knight and they'd know that name you know, and we'd even show them a card. No shit, that's cool. Not even getting out of the ditch, because yeah. they would be up above on the street level, like, looking down at us. And we'd just be like, you need to check it out, because he's going to be bummed if you bring us in. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> and they'd, talk, they'd call him, and he'd tell him, yeah, leave him alone. I mean, whatever. Yeah, especially Albuquerque yeah. police. <laughs> but, yeah. but that's the thing. He was a rare thing, because, like, pretty soon after that, people started getting busted down there, straight arrested. You know, because then that's when we started finding under bridge spots and stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, those were kind of tricky because you usually had to stand on an incline and the walls were kind of small right under the bridge. Yeah. Or sometimes you, know? you even have water just running right through your, oh, your sure. shoes we and your pants. Put, uh, I do that in the Rio Grande. Double shopping yeah. bags over our socks and then put our shoes on and yeah. the troop around in the yeah. water. Keep no the problem. kicks clean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that shit was funny. But. So you were then finding those spots. Yeah. I was, well, who were the writers that you were finding? I remember, you know, seeing like people like uh, seeing Petro. Yeah, he was active then. Yeah, right? yeah, Petro yeah. was Petro was killing it. Um, totally. I remember Task was killing it too. Oh, um, rest in peace, Task. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Yeah. <clears throat> got a lot of love for that guy. The only time I got arrested, I was battling him. Yeah, I remember, I remember yeah, that story. I think that I think that's a pretty yeah. good legendary Albuquerque story oh in general. God, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. But Task was active. Yeah, Task was active. You know, I was seeing, uh, you know, I was seeing a lot of things starting to come up from like Bozo, um, oh, right. you know, yeah. uh, Whisk and Abno was starting to kick it too, and right, it was Fix like this. It was yeah, it was up. like this. Yeah, the Santa Fe guys were coming down. Um, yeah. It was kind of like all these guys that were, you know, just about, you know, three, three or so odd years older. Like, I was a freshman. They were, like, seniors or going into yeah. the college, like, that. this kind of era, kind of, yeah, you know. And uh, those were kind of the people that, you know, were really catching my eye at the time and that were, like, real inspirational. Because they were, again, it was like, they weren't, you know, they weren't like the dudes, like, desk or, like, sofa and went, you know, where, mm -hmm. you know, they were just they were even older than me and kind of like a little bit more sure. beyond my, my scope my of history. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was kind of well, out of my realm. Those particular stayed in Albuquerque and kept producing too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, these, these crews like, you know, um, like sleepwalkers and, mm -hmm. you know, they were like the ones that were kind of like, they were on the forefront of my radar. So they were definitely like the most inspirational ones at the time. Yeah. Um, did you have, uh, were you guys just kind of teaching each other as you went, or did you have, oh, like, yeah. a formal... No, we were teaching... You know what I mean? Like, no, I, we were, I didn't know shit no, before we were, I met a green doc. We were teaching each other and kind of learning tricks, because we were all kind of picking up things here and there. Sure. And, uh, you know, eventually we kind of became more friends with uh, some people. And, you know, I remember kind of my first opportunity to go out and, like, paint, you know, even paint some trains. It was, like... You know, it was all this educational experience. Like I wasn't, yeah. it wasn't something I just wandered off to do my on my own and be like, okay, I'm gonna try this. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that, you know, that I had to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you probably. I mean, honestly, you know, you you guys, you guys probably no, laid the framework no. for how to fucking well, do it, you know. And it just got passed down and then passed yeah, down, you know. You and really aren't just that. Generation. Don't you fucking tell anybody uh-huh. about how you got you in this know? spot, you know, like that kind yeah. of shit. That's yeah. the thing. I imagine you got hip to the different nozzles and things pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. Paint to use, whereas we were really struggling. That was all, you know, sacred knowledge. Oh, I mean, by that time, you know, like, LA Underground had opened up, and, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, the shop where you can just go buy all those. Yeah, you, yeah, they were, like, they were the and, first shop to, like, yeah. have, you know, needles and to have, you know, spray caps and stuff that yeah. was, like, on Central. And I remember it was such a big deal when it opened up, too, because you could, you know, I mean, it. No, that, that was a huge game changer when graffiti stores started opening. You were just like, whoa, I didn't think that would ever happen. Like, how is this okay yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of mm-hmm. like, I never thought there'd be marijuana stores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you place. go. So Fucking yeah, here, like yeah. Some of the shit we're into gets commodified by pop culture, and it's okay now. And it's like, it's just weird. We still remember when it was... Yeah, I mean, it was, it's hard to it access. never okay in Albuquerque in the sense, though. Of, man, Albuquerque's sure. always been like a, a hard graffiti city of, you know, the buff runs strong in that city, you know? And yeah. It wasn't until... Um, well, especially after we... <laughs> yeah well you know i mean i know it got to a point where you know i wanted things to really last um yeah i had to you know i had to climb i had to do fucking back of billboards i had to do roll downs you had to do you know i remember i linked up with a a buddy of mine jukes um he put oh, a lot yeah. Of, yeah he put a lot of work out in portland too but he mm-hmm. was in albuquerque for a while and he was kind of like the guy that him and i you know, everyone kind of got their partner, like the guy that you're I've just had like. You over the years, and yeah, exactly. You know, you where you're just you're like not having to worry about shit. No, and you're on the fucking level, and you both like, you know, you both down that pot of coffee like at fucking twelve o'clock at night, and then you fucking go out and you're freezing your ass off, and yeah. But the two of you are in it for the same thing, sure. and that was kind of you know when him and I started linking up and painting a lot is when. I feel not in a pretentious way, but I just think that like that's when I kind of started getting a bit more recognized for kind of the work we were putting in, hitting some sure. pretty fucking wild spots. That's the thing. You were, you know, I actually want to say, I remember one just off the Zuzax exit in the canyon. Yeah. And I just drove past that spot like a few days ago on my way to Roswell. And I was like, where's that spot it's like an electrical wall thing yeah totally and i, and I remember that i remember the wall you did and that that's funny that's that that's exactly that era yeah two were and that was like out of town i thought that was a hot shit spot because yeah. it was just like you would never see real graffiti out there um, but it's still a highway spot yeah you just had to i mean you know, at that point you just had to you had to just start thinking outside the box you know and yeah. but then i don't know kind of I through like that it. that extra effort you know that's when i started that's when i started meeting people like petro and started meeting people right. like task and whisk and you know abno and sure. like all these people that you know that were all the guys that i was really wanted to run with straight up because i just yeah. thought they were fucking you know they're killing it and um and then once that <laughs> happened that's when it kind of really started getting into like okay going on road trips like i remember driving to san francisco and probably about like 2002 and just like painting san francisco for the first time um mm. and like going into that realm of of how the city was even painted then you know was 
pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, I know, man. And then going again, on... you were that generation that came <laughs> yeah. before me. Yeah. I, I got there in 93. Yeah, you know? I went to Montreal in 2001, and that fucking city was crushed. Wow. And it was... Yeah, Montreal's famous for that. Yeah, that's when it became... I don't know, kind of graffiti became like a traveling thing too. And I started getting my taste of like mm-hmm. going yeah. different places and making art, you know, kind of, <laughs> oh, it's fine. it was, it was cool. It was it's, like, uh, it was, I feel like there's something low key about it in a certain way because you're with a local and they're going to take you to a good spot and they're not going to, you know, hopefully take you to too sketchy of a spot, you know, but you could just kind of kick back. Yeah. And then when it was time to paint, you did your thing, and you kept an eye out for yourself and the other people around you, and then you bounced, you know what I mean? But there was something about that that I just loved, you know? And sometimes, often, I wouldn't even realize that the locals had taken me to a super, super sick spot <laughs> that everybody was going to see for yeah. years, yeah. right? Yeah. you think, oh, this might last the weekend. Yeah. You know, and they were like, no, 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 I gave you my good spot, bro. Like, <laughs> I've, been, I've been crockpot in this spot for yeah, a while. Yeah. Yeah. And no, plus, you know, I got to see, fun. I got to see parts of a city in different places. Um, and even in Albuquerque, you know, you get to see places that fucking the general public is out of their eye. Well, the you know what I mean? Out from midnight to six a.m. That's what I'm saying. That's like a the, whole. Yeah. It's a whole other world, you know. No, I've always like, uh, tried to be conscious of how lucky I am that I've spent so much time in the big cities of the world in the middle of the night. Yeah. Because it's such a different experience. Yeah. Incredibly different. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's just so quiet. And I don't know. Yeah, I remember. I, just, the, I don't know. Yeah, hey, first time amazing. I went to San Francisco, I I got taken to go paint the uh, Dubose Tunnel. Oh, you wow. know, that's and the first place I pieced when I moved there. Fuck, man, that was like first one. Place. I didn't I didn't know the layout of San Francisco at all, so it all looked fucking crazy. You know, everything was like so different. But yeah. then going into that tunnel and then like watching the Muni trains go by and having to hug the walls and then yeah. seeing all these pieces from people like you know like Renos and just like. Yeah. all kinds of legends that I used to just like look up their work in magazines yeah, and be painting that, that you went to San Francisco uh, that was like the that was like 2000 2001 2002 around there yeah oh okay right yeah you still had some things running in that tunnel too really yeah for sure huh. that's cool yeah I always tried to hold down the, the ends of the tunnel where the trains went the slowest and if somebody went over me Usually it would get back to me within a few days, and I'd be back in there buffing out the uh, whole spot. So you didn't have to trek the whole way down to, well, and to also see what I was, was up. A yeah. Whore. And I was just like, you know, that rule, like you gotta burn me to go over me. And I never felt like they burned the pieces that I did because I do nice productions right near the entrances. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, like midway through the tunnel, if you got a piece in there, if you're in the train, you don't see the shit at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really, really hard to kind of keep your eyes tracking now if you walk down there then yeah i can look at it all day long it's a wild style gallery i mean it used to be it's it's all buff now they they spray it it's really easy for them Uh, nothing nothing i mean that was what was so cool about it is that i got to see it and experience it and paint it before now there's cameras it's non-existent yeah it's squeaky clean Yeah. yeah 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 no that was uh that maybe to this day is my favorite place to write graffiti in the whole world you wow. know, for San Franciscans, it's the DuBose Tunnel that goes from Lower Haight 
um, I can't remember the name of the park that's right there where all the De, dog shit is. DeBose De Park. Is it DeBose Park? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it exits up at... Uh, up in Cole Valley. Right. Yeah. What's the intersection? It's, um... Oh, man, there's probably some Bay Area people that are, like, oh, yelling at us right now. Nice. It's uh, Yeah, it's yeah, on, uh... It's Cole? Is it Cole Street? I think it's yeah. Cole Street, yeah. What's the name of the bar that's on the corner there? Well, there's, like, this super-duper burger. It's old. There's an or older the, bar that's what is on it? the corner there that's really nice. And I used to take uh, people to paint in that tunnel, and we would always stop in that bar, and it was kind of nice. And we're dressed for painting, you know, and they'd always feel a little self-conscious. You remember, you know... It, I took everybody there, but they thought it was so cool that we stopped for a drink across the street from where we were going to walk into yeah. the tunnel. Man, I could get a feel for how often the trains came by and really scope everything out, finish your beer, and yeah, we're going to walk across the street right there. <laughs> that like, was what? That was one of my wow. favorite favorite things to even do in Albuquerque. I remember, you know, when we go and paint the yards, we go to like. Bert's Tiki Land. Remember that hip hop sure. night like Marvel would put on and we'd like yeah. we just kind of go and kick it there and it'd be like a lot of riders and stuff and we'd like have a sure. couple of drinks but then we'd always dip out and then we you know we'd go live the life <laughs> you know yeah. we'd go out and paint it you know I mean yeah. maybe it sounds cheesy but to us it was like <laughs> embracing it you know it was like no, I think in my yeah. last podcast with my old friend Damon Soul we talked about going to a club deco in San Francisco and it was a lot of writers and it was the scratch pickles weekly DJ thing it was amazing real hip hop yeah and every night we'd all put on our gloves yeah rattle our cans yeah and off we'd go you know exactly what I'm talking about yeah we felt like part of a culture yeah and by you know listening to real live hip-hop expression and then to go out and do it in our form it just felt so fluid yeah you know and so much a part of the city yeah the music was a part of the city the, the graffiti you know like, it was really just, I don't know, it was really... Our fashion was partis- all part- Yeah. <laughs> well, <it> was just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just partaking in a, a, a scene and a culture to the fullest of it, you know? I mean, that's yeah. that's something that I don't know if people who never really got into to hip-hop really understood that element to it, you know, that it... Sure. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not going to say anything that has never been said before, but I mean, you know... It had its fucking, it had its dress, it had its style, it had its language, it had, you know, it, sure. it's had its art I form. Think it still and, does. Yeah, you know, but yeah. if you're well, never, if, <laughs> you might not relate to it. Yeah, sure. You know. Yeah, but yeah. at the time, man, it was like I was passionate about that shit. Like yeah. I fucking loved it. You know, yeah. it was like, yeah, it was the thing I could I could connect to too. And I wasn't right. even like some solely like hip-hop kid i mean i right. i dived into everything i fucking loved like punk rock i was in a band in high school you know we were, oh yeah yeah the that's baked cool. baked potatoes nice that's a good name <laughs> yeah and uh what kind of music did you play uh we played like we were influenced by you know just i'd say reggae to punk um oh, soul yeah. stuff you know sure. we had like a funky bass player we had like a a drummer that also played steel drums and stuff so cool. we'd even get like a little caribbean on it and oh, I like it that. was cool yeah That's it was fun rad. did you guys do shows in albuquerque yeah we did we played the launch pad which i mean yeah. the high school was some pretty big deal shit we were pretty stoked oh, you know that's a big deal i mean uh, that's really a bar yeah we opened up uh over at um what's that one called sunshine theater too yeah no, that's the biggest venue i think for indie bands other than like the coliseum but that's for more like metallica and 
yeah. smashing pumpkins or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And we were making yeah. uh you know, we were making our own CDs on like uh like sixteen bit recorders sure. um, in living rooms and Yeah. Yeah, it was Albuquerque's um, always had that kind of do it yourself, I think, uh thing going on. Man, that's what's up with Albuquerque sure. that I love so much is that there's not a lot of opportunities, I feel like, for no. youth, right? Less and less. But if you if you live in a place like that, that's kind of fucking boring. Like you have to like be creative. You have to find or do drugs or do drugs. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going down one route here, but I'm just saying that like, like there's a lot of creative motherfuckers that come out of Albuquerque, you know, I mean, people that, you know, I even meet, you know, I'm, you know, I met this woman, um, uh, probably about three months ago. She's from, uh, she's from Albuquerque and moved up to the Bay area in Oakland. Um, Phenomenal painter, you know, and grew up in Albuquerque, painted, yeah. decided to make the move to the Bay and like blown away by it. And it's, uh, it's so impressive to see, you know, the talent that can come out of that city and that's in I, the city, you I, know, still yeah, it's I like, I, agree. I don't think it's normal is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I don't think, right. you know, I'm not saying there isn't talented people in other cities and other places, but there's something really fucking special so, about it. Yeah. You know? No, no, no. I mean, for sure in the graffiti circles definite that you know that you know that the combination of my mentors you know doc and agree the west coast and the east coast so you know our whole generation like pushed this interesting fusion you know those things yeah and i think that just kind of continued mm-hmm. you know it, 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 which is cool considering that local graffiti styles are really kind of a thing of the past you know what i mean like when i was writing say in 1990 New York style was very different distinctively than German style or LA style or even San Francisco style. Mm-hmm. But these days, I feel like because of Instagram and whatnot, a kid from anywhere in the world can see graffiti from anywhere in the world and be influenced by it in that way. Yeah, I mean, so which which goes less full circle you know, to you know me being in middle school and seeing the Scribble magazine, and right. we didn't, you know, that that's gold that kind of stuff, you know. No, it was the same when Agree showed me, like, uh, International Graffiti Times and stuff yeah. in 1990. You know, I was like, I didn't realize that other people were doing this. I didn't realize this was a worldwide thing. I didn't realize there was media about graffiti. Just like... So many, so many levels to yeah. it, you know. And then you realize, oh, damn, but I'm doing this too. I'm part of this. Oh, Fuck, and then it's like got a much deeper importance, especially then when you travel. Yeah, I was you gonna know, say that, that didn't happen until I traveled. Yeah. Like, oh, you're from Albuquerque. All right, bro. We'll see how this goes. And then yeah. you rock a sick wild style in between two locals, and they're like, "Oh damn, okay, check you out. What yeah. do you say you write again? Fuck." Right. You just you just know how to handle yourself in a yard, you know. You know how to oh, stay sure. quiet. You know how to keep no, your cans no. silent. You yeah, know, it's I feel just like, like all the Albuquerque kids I mean, did some time working on the street and getting chased, and yeah. you know, I mean, even you and I, after we'd known each other for a little bit, I remember you wanted to paint the old building where Ten and One tattooed. Oh was, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's that right. Lady kept yelling yeah, at us. Like we were painting out her house. Yeah, and it was like this is an abandoned house. Yeah. Crazy lady. Yeah, some crackhead she was living in it. About the fumes. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so before you know, that's a little later in the chronological. 
chronological order of things, I suppose. So we're like 2002, 2003. So I, I got out of high school 2001. And, okay, uh, so you graduated that year. You went to San Francisco the next year. Did you go to college? Um, I went to uh, um, TVI. I fuck with uh, the right. CNM now. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The city, the city, city college the, out there. The local like city a college. vocational school too. Yeah, like yeah, totally. Like right. a trade school as well. Yeah, yeah. You can take all kinds of stuff. There. Yeah, and I went and uh, I studied fire science because I knew I didn't want a fucking desk job, and I was like, ah, maybe I'll be a firefighter. Maybe that's the route I'll go. No, it seems I know some homies. You know, fucking benefits and a couple days on, couple yeah. days off. <laughs> seemed pretty cool. It's you not know? easy to get that job. Though. Yeah. Well, oh. so so here's the thing. I never even I didn't know that. You know, so I go and I like take these courses. I get like this associates. I get my EM, EMS license. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I go out to the fire department, fucking pass the physical, pass the written, get to the interviews, don't get the job. I'm like, okay, it's cool. And you know, how old my, were you? Like, I was uh, 20. I was like 21. The time. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was working like at a coffee shop, Java Joe's. Java Joe's. Java Joe's. Yeah. I remember when you were. Shout out to Java, Java Joe's. Joe's, man. So, uh, yeah, um, decide. Okay, like maybe I'll just get a little EMS job. Go out again for the next year. Next year comes around. Go out for it. Same thing. Got an even better test score. Faster physical time. Go to the interviews. Fucking kill it. Get shut down again. <clears throat> and that's when I realized it was just a very much like. Is your dad a firefighter? Is your grandpa a firefighter? A Who do you know? You that. know what I mean? Yeah, Especially yeah. In New Mexico, unfortunately. And I didn't know. I didn't know anyone. For that. And I've always, man, I've always had this like, I hate fucking waiting in lines and shit. You know, like, <laughs> you put me on hold on a phone. I'm like, fuck this shit. So, yeah. you know, I've always had this mentality where it's like, like I'll show up, I'll do the job, I'll get it done, and I'll fucking kick ass on it. Yeah. But if I have to like play some bureaucracy type stuff that's kind of what i hated about high school man that's what i hated about organized sports even like, like life, bro. you know <laughs> yeah, society, yeah you know but it doesn't have to be though when I mean, you don't realize the ways that you can kind of manipulate that till later in life i think but sure. so at that time i ended up uh working at this coffee shop um still kind of in limbo didn't know what to do really and um this uh guy named josh uh ran this art gallery downtown um and it was like on fourth street and central it was above ace barbershop remember that and uh i know this spot because uh my sister was friends with the photographer that had yeah the one that valerie one. yeah that's right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so uh you know i'm working at this coffee shop and this coffee shop has this big wall on it that the the owner uh, mike and brandy they let me me and my crew do some graffiti productions on and he sees me painting one day and he asks um you know if I could paint like a canvas form for this art show that he wanted to do and I was like ah you know I could use some spray paint on it so he builds this big canvas I think I did this kind of you know kind of Futura naked girl kind of thing you know like highlights wild style whatever figurative abstract I painted it in the alley behind um behind Ace Barbershop, oh, like okay. where there's that high school now. Yeah, so he was just like, here's this big canvas. Did, I, did it like, I did it like in 30 minutes, like just fast. It's got a guaranteed spot in a gallery. Exactly. That's, first that's first cool. like show I've ever been in, right? And I'm like... It's the a big only, thing, though. Yeah, it was, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, I'm like 20 years old. I thought that was like 
pretty exciting. And uh, so it goes in this show with all these other, you know, kind of New Mexico style artists and stuff. And fucking kid you not, it fucking sold, right? <clears throat> it sold for like 500. Was it in that building? It was in the building, yeah. yeah I and may it, have gone to that show. It sold, and that was, it blew my mind, because in Albuquerque, man, you get 500 bucks out of nowhere. 500 bucks is it's, kind of a lot for someone to pay for artwork in Albuquerque. Yeah. That's real. I mean, it's a lot now, you know, still. And I was, I was, oh, I was I excited. I, I was over the moon. And that guy, Josh, was like, hey, would you be interested in having a studio space here in the gallery. So that was kind of the transition from kind of out of graffiti to where I started like messing around with, um, you know, more canvases and getting into acrylics and I got an airbrush and then I really started like, I don't know, just trying to find a voice in painting and just kind of seeing what came out. Cause I had a space for it that I had to pay like, fuck, do you think I had to pay like 125 bucks a month, which was fucking insane. You know, it was like, to me it was, yeah, it was was insane. Um, yeah. So I had my little gallery, the fire department stuff wasn't working out. And then I got offered, uh, I got offered a job in hospice to work in hospice care. Um, and that's kind of when I transitioned into that. Right. But I think if I were to rewind it a little bit to how you and I met, um, what did we just establish? That was like 2004. So a couple of years later. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, you were doing hospice work when I met you. Yeah, that's right. And I had been tattooing uh, a guy that writes Hour. Yeah, what up, Hour? Yeah. Homie hour. And, uh, and I guess that was the referral that got you to the tattoo shop to do some stuff on your back. Yeah, I had a right. tattoo that I got. First tattoo, 18. Um, I got it from Manny over at uh, Custom Tattoo. Remember that yeah. spot? Yeah, I think it's still there. Manny's still there <laughs> holding it down. I yeah. I drove by that the other day, too. Yeah, man, I didn't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The checkerboard. I don't know if the checkerboard's still there. I was. I always thought that was cool. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know anyone, you know, that had tattoos. That none of my friends had tattoos yet. The only tattoos I would see were, you know, um, on my uncles, my uncles' friends. They all built lowriders and oh. and hot rods, and they all had like the classic, you know. Virgin Mary, and they had like yeah. rosaries on their hands, exactly. and they had the you know, yeah, like the Indian lady with her fucking tits style. hanging out, and like you know, yeah. cow skulls, fine line, single needle, faded right. in the sun, you know, like that was the first kind of tattoos I saw. And I remember my yeah. mom being like, "Hey, don't fucking get tattoos like that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she actually told me, man, my mom would, you know, Not like that. yeah, my mom passed away when uh when I was seventeen, but she always told me she was like, if you ever get a tattoo you better get one that says mom on it. So I was like, uh, so when she passed away, you know, yeah. I was like, it was two weeks before I turned 18. And I was like, okay, fuck it. Like I'm going to get this mom tattoo. And thank God I got it because it's the fucking coolest design. Cause it's a heart with a banner around it that says mom, you know, it's like, that's, that's I, you know, yes. I could have got a lot of Chrome. I could have got a lot of wild tribal. I could have got, got, you know, I could have sure. got the fucking Spitfire logo, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but I went, I went right for the mom tattoo. And, uh, that's classic. yeah, I remember I was kind of going around to different shops. I didn't know, like, I didn't know shit. I didn't know what to do about it. It was good for people to hear this. So yeah. Like, yeah. When and we so started, we didn't know where the fuck to go. Yeah. You know, and, and, on friends and I remember I, I went into a custom tattoo and Manny came out he looked at design. I talked to him about what I wanted. 
He gave me a quote. Like, fuck, man. So fucking embarrassed saying it now, but, you know, I was, at the, I was just like, hmm. I was like, well, that's that's quite a bit more than the other shop told me down the way. So I was like, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to think about it. <laughs> and I'll never forget, man. Man, he just, he fucking looked at me and he was just like, he's like, you know, it doesn't matter fucking how much this tattoo is going to cost you. He's like, if it's going to be the best tattoo and it's going to look sick, you should be fucking willing to pay whatever I tell you it's going to be. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, like, for, it just snapped, you know? And he's like, you've seen my work, you know I do good shit. He's like, I'm going to floss you out. And he's just like, it's worth what you pay for it. And so then I was like, fuck it. So I gave him, like, my 20 bucks of fucking, like, deposit, you know? And I got the tattoo. I, like, came yeah. back a week later, and I got my got my mom tattoo. All right, though, good pitch, right? He gave you a good pitch. He made you appreciate his confidence and his professionalism. Confidence. Right? And yeah. And it was just like, listen, I can do what the fuck you want, and it's going to be good. Because, like, when I was learning from Nala, he, he told me early on, like, that first fucking day, I think, when I worked at Eastside Inc. in New York, he was like, you have to exude ultimate confidence, bro. Like, that's what's going to make the, the customer feel good about it, you know, that... They're already feeling like, oh, damn, I get to have some badass thing. I'm excited, you know, because customers would come to him and be like, hey, I was referred. Do you think you can handle this? And he's like, yeah, I can do this better than anybody in the whole city. Mm -hmm. Just blank. Boom. And they'd just be like, yeah, he's like, absolutely. I guarantee it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm that good. And they'd be like, wow. All right. You know, and I just, I was never that kind of cocky, so to speak, but I, like the pitch you got, I explained like, listen, you know, yeah, and I mean, some you, you can you've seen my book when we used to have books <laughs> yeah. before you put your phone in front of them with Instagram. We're like, here, follow me while you're looking. Yeah, you know, the little <laughs> sign that says, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you had to have a book. Um, <laughs> well, you know, but even that same confidence, though, to kind of touch base on that a little further, it's like sure. you can you can talk people out of bad ideas with confidence i do that all the time where it's like i did too i see someone that you wants something that you know yeah you just it's look them in the eye and, honesty. <laughs> yeah it's just honesty i mean even we were talking about earlier about like uh if somebody comes in for a cover-up and you've got to be like well yeah i can cover that i can smash that out of the park or ooh, i don't know you might want to get that or you need to go see my homie. Yeah, or I'm not you the guy. I mean? I'm not the girl. Yeah, I'm not the person. That, that's you know, just it. I'm not but the one. If you can handle it, boom. Yeah. Rock that shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, but there's 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 levels to it. Yeah, that that was that was like my first taste without me even knowing it. Um, you know, about kind of the the unspoken and passed down kind of through only experiences in tattooing like that I had, you know, it was cool. Manner that a, what a doctor might call it, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like how you, how you work with a customer. It's not just drawing, you're working on people right? and they're bleeding. It's, it's like, it's kind of like a medical procedure, but then there's part of it too. That's like the psychological thing too, where people are often manifesting things that are in their heart. Like you got your mom heart, you know what I mean? Like that was a, there was a sentimental value to that you know what i mean yeah there's i mean that's the thing i think there's still it people they'll jump into tattooing right out of high school and realize oh my god i gotta listen to people i gotta have people crying people are bleeding on me they're passing out they don't listen to my advice 
You know, it's a tough gig. Oh, man. I think the TV shows sometimes make it seem like it's just this fucking glorious fucking thing, you know? But I don't know. I don't know if this is... You know, if this will fucking piss people off or not, but I don't give a fuck. This is my little podcast with you. I think, um, I think you need to fucking work some other jobs before you get into tattooing. Um, I mean, I have some friends that are phenomenal tattooers that started at 16, never worked another job, and that's like all they've done. It's and fuck, you know, by the time they're you know, they're already in their 20s, they've been tattooing longer than most people. But I think that there's a humbleness that comes to interacting and working with people on a level um, where you can't just tell them, like, hey, that's not my style. That's not what I want to do. Or, like, hey, like, get out of here and go find another place. Because you say that in a restaurant. You say that in the medical field of care. You say that fucking, anyway, like, working at AutoZone, you're going to find your ass fucking on the street and fired, you know? There's a a patience that comes with it, is what I'm saying, you know? And if you, if... It can. There can be a lot of power that can get put into people's hands. Um, yes. That they might not be ready for because they are making people bleed and they are hurting people and they are dealing sure. with some well, emotional shit. You know, I don't know. You know. I, I, you know. I don't know if that's too heavy or weird, but no, because that leads into directly why I came to you with the idea of making tattoos. Yeah. Because I knew cool. you worked in hospice and I knew that you had heart and compassion and knew how to deal with people in tough situations even. Like, God, situations I would never want to really put myself in as a professional, right? And you had the studio. You were, you were making art and you had a day job, you know? So you had like a dedication to it and you were a known graffiti writer. People vouched for you. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people have come to me over the years and wanted me to help them get into the tattoo business and teach them and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? But why you're the first is because of who you were. And I thought, man, I knew you liked having tattoos and getting tattooed. We always had a good rapport when I worked with you. You know what I mean? But it's like, I thought, this is the perfect business for this dude. You know? Oh, thank, thanks for seeing like, that. Yeah, it was just like, humble. Man, Appreciate it. I gotta, I gotta help this dude fucking get into this because I think even at the time you were like, I, can, I don't know if I could do hospice forever. And you were still looking. You know, I don't know if you were still interested in being in the fire department or whatever. But I just kind of put that out there to you, and you know, I think it worked out really, really well. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm eternally was, grateful for that opportunity for reasons, sure. Though, at yeah. The time of the, the man that you were at the time, and what I, what I thought was like, oh shit, it's like a, you know, a graffiti homie that's just like, yo, my homie in the big city, at the, you know, like New York or whatever, has got an extra room in his apartment. You can just roll out there, and your shit could just take the fuck off. You know what I mean? And it's just those like. Yo, you're cool. Let's let's do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's, yeah. let's pass this on, you know? Yeah, you kind of know when when people are down all throughout like, you know, the skate culture, all throughout the graffiti culture. But that's you know, we've it's known like each you, other long enough. I mean, we were skipping ahead a little bit again, yeah. but, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's just it. Like, you know, but again, not too much cuz it was around that time. So you yeah. You got tattooed, you had the studio, and then so yeah, I had a I had a tattoo had a tattoo on my back. I wanted to elaborate on it. Yep. You had just moved to town. Yep. 
back to town, I should say. Yep. Uh, fucking your hometown hero, especially for us graffiti writers. You know, you're crushing it in the Bay Area. That helped me out a lot when New, I first got New there. My early uh, clientele was the writers. Yeah. New, yeah. yeah. You know. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you. yeah, so I was like, fuck. Giants fucking moving back. Let's fucking do this. Like, I need to get tattooed by him. And, uh, yeah, it was over at Stay Gold. It was, yep. That crew then was... It was Leo. Mm-hmm. Leo Gonzalez. It was Dano Sanchez. It was uh, Alex Pinto. Yeah. 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 Alex was there pretty early. Yeah. And uh, Steve Truitt did the uh, piercing and stuff. Yeah, Steve Truitt and oh, yourself. Yeah, burn people and it would smell like... Uh, oh, mushrooms <laughs> in the Splitting people's tongues. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, dead. man, that was, that was fucking wild. So then, uh, yeah, so I got... I got tattooed by it, and that's yeah. that's kind of where it kicked off. Was just yeah. I remember I didn't mention to you right away that I wrote graffiti, kind of like yeah, yeah, you know, just stayed quiet about yeah. it. But no, then, I uh, always respect that when people are like, uh, it's almost like uh, uh, protective of the graffiti world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like when it's time, it's time. And yeah, you know I didn't want to be that guy coming in all hot. Just be like, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. people did that to me all the time. Like, in uh, when I worked at Everlasting, I was tattooing people that were in bands that were touring the world and whatnot. And were, you know, I had no idea who they were. They were just uh, Joe on the schedule. And I'd tattoo them, and then I'd see them in a fucking music video or some shit. And be like, oh, damn, they didn't mention that at all. And then I'm like, that's fucking fresh. We talked about their girlfriend and their dog and their... This life. Their yeah. bum knee and how yeah. they wish they were still skateboarding. Yeah, it's just... I, I, yeah, there's something about that. I like that. How you how you introduce yourself and how you unveil the, the deeper aspects of yourself. Especially the criminal side. You know, we don't think of graffiti writers as criminals so much. But, I mean, we're, we're felons. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have to be somewhat protective of our, uh, you know... Definitely some modern day burglary <laughs> involved in that sneaking into places Very like you know fucking running on rooftops, getting into train yards. Certainly like certainly made me realize I could be a burglar. Oh yeah. You know. I mean, if the shit we'd get away with. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, everyone's moral compass is in a little different direction sometimes, but yeah, you could get away. You could get away with a lot of shit for and sure. I think part yeah. of that is also why graffiti is an offensive thing or even something that the police really take seriously because it's a symbol that I just walked up and I just smashed this you know I just wrote all over this and nobody was around and I just went home fuck you fuck you and then you know you get to be one of those badass graffiti guys right and then it's full color with sparkles little (laughs) cartoon characters like fuck you cop you know and you're like you sons of bitches. Just push it I mean, further a little every time, yeah. Think about what they could have done if they were just an hour in that building instead of an hour painting on the outside. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing, I guess, with the Brazilian writers is they're kind of flaunting um, where they break into apartments. That's why they All go those rolled so high and those stuff. skyscrapers because yeah. as they come <laughs> down, they add another letter, but they also break in. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy fucking Brazil, bro. But, you know, again, I think that's, that's kind of That's hot. Brazil for you. you know? like, it's just, that's yeah. just part of their deal. It's like, oh, part of the nighttime mission and having all the ropes and getting led down from the roof and all that is breaking into these rich people's houses that they think they're safe because they're on the 60th floor. But, I, I mean, I, nah. I think that's just like, that's just kind of writer etiquette, though, you know? You never, sure. you always hold your cards close and like, sure. 
you know, you, you could know you're talking to another writer and he yeah. knows you write, and yeah. but you just, you both yeah. just kind of vibe it out. And maybe you yeah. both even know each other's names, but you still sure. don't even introduce each well, other that, until you wait. Uh, you know that? that giant wild style across my shoulders. Yeah. And so if I wear like a white beard or something, it's pretty obvious, you know, there's some graffiti there, you know? Yeah. And ever since I had that shit in the summer, people will walk up and be like, hey, what do you write? And I'm like, uh, poetry. How do you know I write? Like, it's, your you know? it's your whole fucking back. Yeah, and I'm like, no, dude, like graffiti. Like, like what? You know, just like, what the you talking about, Mike? Like, oh, no, 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 I just like graffiti lettering, and I hired a graffiti kid to write a word for me back there. It looks cool, huh? And they'll just be, you know, what the fuck? And then I'll meet them like a year later through a writer. You know, they'll be with the homie that I know, and we'll get introduced, and they'll be like, dude, you told me you didn't write, and all this, and I have to explain, like, well, yeah, I didn't know who you yeah. were. Etiquette. Like, and then they're like, oh, the that's why you're yeah. one of those old guys. Like, yeah, I see now. I was mm-hmm. being a toy. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not that bad, but... I'm not just going to give it up, even though it's on my fucking back. <laughs> right. I mean, shit, you know? You know. I was I was yeah. introduced to you by our, like, a yeah. mutual graffiti writer. Sure. <laughs> so I, well, that's how, but I still know. held it. I was like, no, I'm not going to yeah. fucking say shit. I don't want to come off like a fucking toy. Sure. Just, you know, sure. that's just where you're at. Your it's head's at in that scene, though, sometimes. When people are referred by a writer that I respect, there's already a different rapport I have with the client. Because it's like, you're already down. Because I know somebody like our ain't hanging out with everybody at all. In the least. His circle's tight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He, you know, and so if you're part of his circle, and I respect that dude so much, that says so much. You know? Yeah, it's criminal shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Getting vouched. That's funny. So, um, how did, uh, how, how did, yeah, how did things work out with the tattooing? Did I just give you some stuff? And well, we uh, we tattooed at my station, I guess, the first time. Yeah, well, we were like, uh, you know, I think once you tattooed me, I think I, I think you like asked me if I want to go get to, like like some little squatis with you or some shit. You're like, hey, do you want to yeah. like go eat? And oh, I was yeah, like, oh fuck, all right. <laughs> I was like, cool, fucking Mike yeah. wants to fucking kick it. Like, let's, yeah, I'll totally. go get some lunch with Mike. Like, that's cool. And then uh. And I think you gave me your number, and you're like, "Hey, like, you ever want to like just hang out and draw? Let me know." Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, "Watch my Steve." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, you're shit, cool, bro. all right." You're in the circle. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, I started going by your house, and we would just hang mm-hmm. out and draw. I mean, you know, kind of like how we were talking oh. about the highlights of like the cartoon character, those like little yes. things you learn. Little I can still remember you fucking telling me and teaching me how to draw fucking checkers and being like, okay, look, when uh, you do a checkered pattern, you have to like, when you do the negative space, you have to go outside of that because the checkers will be smaller on the white side than the black side. Right. Like yeah. just little shit, like, or just drawing snakes. I still remember your like snake underbelly tutorial. I, I still I've fucking struggle that with that shit to this day. But, yeah. you know, it was Sam like, was I, was, studio now. I, just taught him that. I was just spending time, uh, you know, just hanging around you. And yeah. I think just one day, you smoking some weed, talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you had mentioned, I think Revel 8 was just starting to yeah. get busier for you, you know? And yeah. you were spending. Yeah, by then, Revel 8 was bumping. You were spending less time at the shop. And I remember, because I remember that's how you approached it, is you were like, hey, I'm spending less time at the shop. I don't want to um, 
steal another tattooer from a shop. And he's yeah. like, but I was thinking about you and somebody else, and I thought yeah. I'd ask you first if you'd want to yeah. apprentice under me. And I wonder who the other person was. I can't even think of that. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm right. glad you asked me first. <laughs> but I remember telling you, I remember telling you I had to think about it. I was like, because yeah. I never thought, dude, I mean, learning a tattoo was, it wasn't an aspiration of mine straight up. And no. Like I was, to me, learning how to tattoo would be like me deciding how to fly to the fucking moon. You know, it was like, I don't know how to do it. The only people I knew that did it were kind of all like, you know, look at fucking Dano and Leo and you. You guys are all kind of like fucking sketchy looking dudes. You know, I was like, I don't fucking know. I don't know how how you break it. There's no there's no reality TV shows. There is no Amazon. There wasn't like. So it was just like, I don't even know how you fucking got a tattoo machine. I didn't even know they were handmade. I didn't fucking nothing. You know what I mean? It just knew when I'd watch you put this assembly machine together, it looked like. It looked like you were fucking cracking like the Da Vinci Code or some shit. I was like, well, what's he doing with that rubber? And he cuts there it. There is some magic you know? to it. Though. Yeah. I mean, I still see clients watch me assemble a machine today and they're just like, they're just staring at it like, what the fuck is he doing? What's the yeah. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I even, I always bring up the gray wash formulas. Yeah. Everybody's got their different ones. Sure. Sure. There's kind of a lineage to, you know, to it. Who taught your teacher and who taught that teacher and that teacher and that teacher. Yeah. And it's interesting to reconnect with, you know, the lineage back and be like, are you still using the same gray wash solution? <laughs> what are you using these days? And they're probably using the same fucking thing still. Yeah. But it gives it a particular look, you know. Yeah, you know, a lot of that stuff, like, you know, if you double up the rubber band or, or around the, the needle, you know, to keep the tension tighter or looser, right. I mean, that that's really going to have a dramatic effect on how the, the needle works. And everybody's got their different... But I mean, Feel but from it, an outsider you know? to somebody that doesn't know anything about tattooing, just like watching that assembly process, watching like the yeah. inks out, it's like, it's fucking, well, it's galactic, quite, man. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything's coming out of sterile packaging. You should have your gloves on already. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's so, the thing. And it's like, oh shit, this is really happening. Oh damn, that's the needle right there. There it is. Oh, there what's, it is. He's got, oh, there's seven of them? <laughs> oh, fuck, I had no Why idea. Why is he looking through that that little eyepiece? What is yeah. he looking for, you right, know? Right. Like, yeah, so yeah. when you asked me, I was like, I was like, fuck, well, I'm working in hospice. I don't, you know, I've never really thought to become a tattooer because it's so foreign. And sure. I remember I told you I'd think about it. Yeah. And uh, you're like, yeah, cool, man, no problem, no rush. And... Which, again, uh, from my perspective, was terribly respectful. Yeah. It made me think, you're not just going to give up on something that you've got. You're gonna, you really got to be like, balances, you know, yeah. checks and balances. I had a career. Pros you know, and cons. I was, That's yeah, just I had a it. Job, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, I don't know if I'd mentioned at that time, or, you know, it was even different at that time, but I felt like you, you could participate with it as you chose. With the, the tattoo business and the tattoo culture, I you feel like I mean? you, so you you said it in a way like, you said it in a way to me, and I I don't think it wasn't until after the fact that I took some time I thought about it, mm. I talked to my homegirl Noelle at the Anodyne like over a yeah. beer I was just like fuck I don't know, to do she was like you better fucking do it like that's fucking Mike giant fucking telling you he's gonna teach you to tattoo you fucking you're gonna tattoo me for your first day yeah noel fuck yeah, yeah. dude it's a sign like dude you're fucking <laughs> and i remember dude i remember walking out downstairs outside the anodyne and 
lo and behold, without even contacting you, you were fucking outside kicking it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I saw, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Let's, mm-hmm. let's make, it's a sign. Let's make it happen. You right. Know? That's right. That um, such a good time. Yeah. And so then... Uh, that was kind of when you told me, when you had mentioned, you know, you know, you can just try it. If you don't like it, fuck it. Well, <laughs> Which was kind of like the idea of just like, give it a go. And I think that try to do tattoos is that it's, uh, it's very difficult and daunting. And a lot of people give up within the first six months or a year. You oh, know? Yeah. And it's like... Hardest um, thing the, I've ever done. The tool I mean. is incredibly... No, to this day, it's still the hardest thing I know how to use as yeah. a tool. It's, it's so difficult every fucking time. Um, but that, that, was, that was why, you know, I was just like, well, you know, you can get gung-ho as fuck about it, you know, or you can just use it as a tool and keep it in your studio and tattoo your friends, and that would have been fine with me, personally, mm-hmm. you know. It's just that I knew if you dedicated yourself to it, there would be a lot of opportunities, you know, for you. And I thought you'd really excel at it. Because again, it's the just your your life before tattooing, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I appreciate you seeing all those um, those kind of aspects and my personality about it, and I'm glad I accepted it because it kind of just altered the path of everything from there. I mean, sure, that's what it does. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. So I remember you kind of just being like, "Hey, just get as many friends as you can." Yeah. And you're gonna give them free tattoos at the shop. Yeah. After hours. Yep. And I'll kick it, and I'll watch, and I'll hang out. Yeah. And then and I kind of was spent a lot of time outside smoking weed. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's funny, because in the beginning, you're very attentive. You know, you'd hang out, and you're there, and you'd watch. Well, and that's the thing. You know, i got to show you something. Yeah, yeah. You know, make sure I was doing it right. And then, yeah. like, slowly, you'd, like, go grab a six-pack. And yeah. And you'd, like, then you go smoke that J. Then you go mm. run and get pizza. Yep. And then, like, you know, they kind of got to the point where you kind of, like, let me in and then just go bounce out for a little exactly. bit come back. Exactly. Yeah, you know? Because, again, there's certain things you need to know, but once it's set up and you're just in the skin, you don't need me there. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I would say... I see you're fucking something up, but I'll see you do that right off the bat and try to correct it. Yeah, it was very, it was very crash course, for sure. It was just, like, here it is. That's how it is. This is how it goes. Like, yeah. There was, I could have had you practice on oranges or some shit, but fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, I remember, I remember, man, motherfucker, I remember asking you, like, hey, should I practice on oranges or something? And you're like, man, is, are oranges one day gonna pay you money? I was like, guess not. You're like, get that shit, you know? It's like, that's the thing that you're not gonna get any kind of real practice or experience unless you're working with the actual medium that is... No. No, I, I think skip, so. You I know? think so. You know, although at the same time, uh, these days, there's been a few of the art nighters that get the synthetic skin material and get their hands on a rotary and some ink and just draw kind of on it. Just like yeah. it's a tool, just like any other thing. But and, that wasn't uh, a thing. And that's... Tat well, skin. Sure. No, <laughs> it wasn't really then. But I, I do see that now. You know, and they'll fuck with it. And a lot of kids will just decide, ooh, I can't imagine trying to do this actually in a living being. Fuck this. And they give up right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which made me as good since I haven't actually tattooed anybody. <laughs> I already gave up. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fascinating, though. And I remember, too, we were joking about it the other day. The, your, your first tattoo was a Zia symbol on Noel's forearm, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody knows what a Zia symbol is, it's on the flag of New Mexico. 
and it's made of a perfect circle in the center and then 16 lines going out in each of the four directions like so four lines up four lines down four to the side four to the other side very very precise you know parallel lines in a perfect circle <laughs> you know and you put so crazy on, holy and you shit did the first yeah. line and looked at me a little terrified and we're like whoa <laughs> Holy shit! And then looked at how much you had to do still, and was just like, got I was the, just like, got oh, the you're in heat it now, sweats. Man. Yeah. Here you go. And she just rooted you on, though. She was yeah. cool with everything. You, you, I remember you were apologizing, like, I, I gotta get this edge again, and she's like, do it. it. You know, it's okay. Like, I'm fine. Just hang in there. Yeah. And you did. It was, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, at that point, there's there's no going yeah, back. I mean, I could have given you some yeah. Sailor Jerry bullshit to do on somebody first or whatever. But again, I just thought you're an artist and you're a responsible person and, you know, whatever. You know, the heaviness of this situation. Here we go. I knew you weren't just going to freak out and put the machine in my hand and be like, you got to finish this. <laughs> you know, yeah. which I thought was going to be a possibility. Yeah. You know, which I would have done and would have been fine with. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have held it against you even. You know, it's a scary thing to jump into. We can handle it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you know, the next few. Yeah, <laughs> as best I could, you know. Luckily, being born and raised in Albuquerque, though, I had a yeah. fucking onslaught of people I knew, and you say free, and, you know, everyone's down well, to get again, tattooed, you're a you know? Artist. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're in a crew of artists, even if it's just graffiti, you know what I mean? But you're in a community of it. You know, yeah, and you're you were a sociable guy. You'd go out to the bar and be friendly and say hi. And I knew that was going to work to your advantage as a tattooer too. I feel like that's kind of essential if you're trying to build a a clientele cold. Yeah, you meet people. Yeah, you, know, you got to put your you know you do. what you do Definitely. for a job and that you do it well and plant those seeds. Yeah. You know? So I'm trying to think back. I left. For Amsterdam, say in like 2008, and then I went back to San Francisco soon after that. What, what, take me back to how your tattoo thing kind of evolved before you ended up going to San Francisco, because I know that was like the next big move. Yeah, uh, I kind of got to the point. When I was at Stay Gold where you let me charge people. For tattoos, uh-huh. um, they're good enough to where they could. They're good enough to charge, you yeah, know, straight up. And yeah. uh, it's really, it's they're good enough to reflect the quality of the shop, right? This exactly, where people coming to... in could feel like they yeah. could get that Pisces symbol for sixty bucks, and it was yeah. worth and it, it was you know. Yeah, yeah, and it was just it like you know, it was just <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> it was just like. You know, it was it was just kind of the small things I was able well, to charge for now. But yeah. I remember uh, you gave me an assignment. I don't know if you even remember this, but you were like, all right, your assignment is to go to San Francisco and you need to get tattooed by this guy named Henry Lewis at Everlasting. Ah, wow. And so I was like, fuck it. No, I don't no. remember that, but that's damn good advice. Yeah, yeah, man. I fucking that's flew. Funny. Yeah, I flew out. I think I even hit up Henry like on MySpace or some shit. And I was like, yeah. I was he like, would have been on MySpace early. Yeah, and I was just like, hey, like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm apprenticing under Mike. He told me I need to, like, go get tattooed by you. And yeah. he, was, he was all, oh, like, the Vanilla Gorilla? He's like, all right. He's all, come on down. He's all, I'll take care of you. 
And he did. So I got to Everlasting and fuck, man. I remember walking through those doors and it was unlike any other tattoo shop I had ever seen in Albuquerque. It it was it was just Mike Davis built this fucking crazy mini Victorian Roman Greek esque like shop that had like all the hand painted touches in the woodwork. Paintings, you know, if and imagine okay, if he made a tattoo shop, like it's it's even better than that. Yeah, but nah. it's this little world. It was small and it was special. It was like you oh, know, yeah. and nah, uh, nah. that's the thing. I he, I feel like he took a while to build out the shop. You know, to oh, get it ready. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I met Henry. It still looks dope. And uh, you know, I got tattooed by him right on top of my thigh, and I don't know. I mean, just the atmosphere in that shop was just like nothing I had ever seen before. Um, yeah. I remember he gave me a tattoo machine uh, as well, which was wow. pretty crazy. That's right. And when I got back from that trip... That's my dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I got back from that trip, again, I don't... You you had set up with Went to hook me up with some Paco Rollins tat, uh, machines. Yeah, Paco Rollins. Rollins, yeah. yeah. So I remember, uh, I remember I got to... Yeah. The shop, and I was all excited and stoked, and because uh, I just had my trip from San Francisco, and I remember yeah. Went came in, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Went is like OG graffiti writer, tattooer, San, Fran- San Francisco Bay Area, yeah, Albuquerque holding it down. He's Absolutely. he's the man, and uh, on the podcast, I hope Seattle too. Didn't he like do some tattooing no, in no. Seattle? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah, and so um, anyway, I came to the shop and you know had those tattoo machines, and they're like my. I wasn't using yours anymore. They were like yeah. my machines, right. like engraved and like right. fuck. So uh, while I was out there getting tattooed at Everlasting, Mike Davis told me if I ever wanted to come up and guest at Everlasting, um, yeah. he'd be happy to have me, which was pretty crazy because I was so fucking green. Um, it was yeah. really, it was really generous of him, you know. And, but again, uh, I think he judges people on character. More than... Oh, Mike, definitely. Michael sized you up, yeah. I saw something in you and was like, maybe you should be a tattooer. And you're like, what? You know, but then again, it's like, this other guy sees you and is just like, he's green as fuck, but he'll get it on. And I like him. Let's get him, let's get him in here, you know? Yeah. That's the thing that young people, I think, need to hear. You can have all the skills in the world. Same with, it was the same with skateboarders when I worked with professional skateboarders. The kids that went pro were the kids that had their shit together and understood the arrangement, that they represented a company, you know? They were endorsing something mm-hmm. versus the kid that was just super fucking awesome but was drunk all the time and on pills and was late for everything and stood photographers up and, man, they don't last. Right. You know what I mean? And there is a lot to character and being honest and straightforward and having confidence and, you know. So so did you end up then start doing guest spots out there? Yeah, well, so... Um, what year is this, too? We're looking, we're looking around, like, 2000... Uh, shit. This must have been, like, 2006, 2007 okay. era. Yeah, that's right. I feel like. Yep. Yeah, I think so. So, um... Yeah, I think I'd been tattooing maybe maybe around like the year mark. Yeah. It's like just around the year mark sure. at that point in Albuquerque. And so go out there, do a guest spot. Like everybody in the shop went to go do the Rome convention. 
Um, oh, right. And so the only other person who was tattooing there had been tattooing just as long as me, oh. and it was Sean Barber. So it was oh, me. Wow. So it was me uh, and Sha- or Sean Barber and I. Oh, yeah, God. like like sitting in the shop together, both of us green as fuck, like just taking everlasting walk-ins. You know, no, like. And him and I. I don't even know. I'm sure you do. Just on on a certain level, like these two guys need to hang out, but it's just like, oh, the shop is covered. These guys got it. They need the experience. This will be great. You know. Yeah, and I remember. Wow. I, yeah, I remember. You know, Sean and I being in the back and just being like, you know, just being like, hey, like, how how would you do, how would you fill this in? Like, did, should I just use my exactly. liner to fill it in? And me, me being like, I don't know, man. Like, I think I would use, like, I think I would just use the mag and not use, like, it's like, okay. You know, just like that kind of shit. Like, yes. we were, and it was just us. I think it was just us for probably about, like, three or four days. But it seemed like sure. it was fucking long as hell, you know? Because sure. I was just like, fuck, I'm, like, at this shop this legendary shop now and um yeah. it's just me and sean and we're just trying to hold it down you know and i wasn't used to like uh, you guys getting walk-ins yeah fuck yeah we were getting walk-ins That's definitely thing, yeah everlasting it kind of depended like if you were there on a monday through wednesday you might kind of sit on your ass a little bit yeah you know but it, it really depended yeah yeah but you guys were you guys were just doing work on the san franciscans yeah like, you know we were you know we were getting like same. kind of the full plethora of stuff like flowers to oh i you know, know. I there for years probably. yeah <laughs> the, whole, the whole line I know. yeah so then um so then everyone gets back from Rome, and uh, I think I was hanging out in San Francisco. It was I was there guessing for like over a week. You know, it was like eight or nine days. I fell in love with it, man. I was staying at my friend's house, uh, Leaf's house, on Twenty Second and Folsom, and um, yeah. I'd take like the bus to Everlasting, and yeah. I was just vibing on the city, man. Just like so oh, green, too, and the me. energy, and so yeah. different than Albuquerque, you know. So different. And I remember when I was at. Everlasting, I was talking with Mike, and I was like, man, I fucking want to move here. And he's just like, oh, you know what? He's like, our homegirl over at Anubis Tattoo, yeah. the upper eight, is looking for someone. And uh, he's like, you should go in there and say what's up to her. And Luke Francis at the time had come from there, and he was like, oh, yeah, tell him Luke sent you. I was like, okay. So I walk up, my little portfolio with all the photos in it, you know. <laughs> I, go into a, I go into Anubis. It's now a hate Ashbury tattoo, but I go in there. Yeah. And it's literally right on the intersection of Hate and Ashbury, the famous, you know, and uh, like a very, very tourist area. Very high traffic tourists all Tons. over the world, all the yeah, Maybe all the time. Maybe only second to Fisherman's Wharf, which I think everybody in the world knows about. That's yeah, that's completely so, agreeable for but sure. Hate Ashbury is like close second, and especially then, especially in like 2006, 2007, it was Bang. it was bumping. Yeah, and so yeah. I went in and. Uh, I was like, hey, I was guessing over at Everlasting, and Luke told me that I should come by and see you, and I hear you guys are looking for a tattooer. Yeah. And Lisa Chen, the owner, was just like, Lisa. yeah, sweet Lisa. Yep. She was just like, cool, when can you start? Didn't even look at my fucking portfolio. It was just like, great. Again, again, again people hear this. This is, this is a reputation, character. You were referred by Everlasting. A shop on a different tier than Anubis. Sure. Right? Yeah. <coughs> you were already guesting there. Obviously, you're good enough to work top tier, even as if it's just as a guest doing walk-ins. So mm-hmm. to then work at 
a tourist area, a high traffic area on H Street, that's a that's a smooth move. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was like, like you had it nice, but again, it's because of what you did and who you were that got you those those foots in the door. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And uh, I remember feeling what a great pr- place. I, I think I oh, your, man, uh, I walked out of there street shop, like did my jump in the air. Oh. But again, I didn't know what fucking hate Ashbury was like. I didn't fucking live in San Francisco. I just knew that there was like I didn't know shit about San Francisco. And yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what the vibe was, and so. Uh, you know, I go back to Albuquerque. I put in my notice at the hospice job because I was still working hospice and tattooing. You know, and uh, yep. and then after a month, I like sold my fucking my '65 Galaxy and I oh, sold yeah. my Jetta. Remember the blue one? <laughs> yeah, yeah so got rid of that. And then I was like, all right, I'm like moving to San Francisco. And uh, fuck, man, I went from you know making tattoos, maybe like fuck, honestly, maybe like two to four a week in Albuquerque to doing like, fuck man, seven to 12 a day at, um, that was exactly at Haight-Ashbury Tattoo. It to New York City. fucking, you know, I've yeah. heard the term like break your teeth and like <laughs> yeah. whip yeah. you into shape. And that was like first day, like got there. I was tripping. Cause I was like, my rent went from being like 250 bucks in Albuquerque to 650 bucks in San Francisco. You're wondering how I had $5,000 that I got from when I sold my cars and yep. that was it. And I was just like, fuck, like I can probably only do this for a year. This is going to be crazy. And then all of a sudden, man, fucking day one, they're like, here's your station. I'm like sick. And there's like all these tattoos. I don't know. I'm like kind of self-conscious. Like, Ugh. And then it was just like, boom. Hey, Derek, can you do this little Phoenix? Like, uh, yeah, sure. Hey, Derek, can you do these stars? Hey, Derek, can you do this peace sign? Hey, Derek, can you do this lip tattoo? Hey, Derek, can you do... And it was like, never did a fucking lip tattoo. Just like, here we go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> fucking R.I.P. lip tattoos. I don't, you know. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a dentist, man. I'm fucking yeah. over that shit. But it was the first time that I was ever that busy in my life, you know. And then when I saw, um, you know, the turnaround of that, like what I was getting, it was actually the most money I ever made in my life. Yeah. And it was, and it was a crazy, yeah. it was a crazy feeling. I don't know. And I'm not talking about, you know, telling people like, oh, I make all this money. It's so sick. It was just. I think when anybody in any kind of tier of a profession kind of goes to that next level um, and when you're kind of brought up in a place where you don't, you know, have a lot of money and where a lot of your friends don't have a lot of money and you start making some money, it's like, fuck, man, it's it's bizarre. It's a, such a crazy feeling, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, and, yeah. yeah it it's be a lot of fun. Yeah. Too, and I, it, I mean, you know, because especially then you're not, it's like, you know. Uh, more money can equal more stress, but like enough money can be kind of stress free. You yeah, know what I mean, it's like you, you, you know, like you were saying with your rent. Like, oh shit, I'm paying six fifty now, and then after a day, you're like, oh fuck, rent's paid. Oh fuck, like it's on. Holy shit, I'm making money. I'm gonna I'm gonna get oh, the extra large whoa. pizza with all the toppings on it. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. Well, and then, I'm gonna buy know, some rounds for everybody, and then about you know. That too, yeah. like, having that much cash in your pocket can fuck you up and can lead you down a dark path and you got to remember that it's the trade of tattooing that got you there you know and that's the important thing you got to maintain like your focus on that you know go have your fun and do all your things but there were a lot of people that just fucking lost their minds just because they had 
pounds of cash. Well, now all of a sudden you could you could afford the expensive drugs. All of a sudden now that's exactly what I'm you can ex- exactly you can afford you can afford the the drinks and all the you know refined taste or whatever. It's like you're just gonna. It's like you know if you're into candy bars, you're just gonna eat so many fucking candy bars. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, but I mean, so, it was it was regardless, it was a whole new fucking game when I got to San Francisco. And San Francisco, I mean, so many fucking talented tattoo artists there. It's fucking insane. And I was, yeah. you know, I was at the street shop at the very bottom of it. But I got in. I got my in. And, the thing and so is, then is it was like, all right, bottom tier yeah. working at Hey Ashbury. Like, there were plenty of people in other shops that wanted that job bad. I was just... Because they I was, knew the clientele, and they knew how much money they would make, and they were stuck at some hood shop in the Mission or yeah. Excelsior or whatever. Yeah, wherever you know, out there, sure. just like, boom. Yeah, in regards, though, to just being, like, green, you know? Because San Francisco, even this day, if you move to San Francisco as a tattooer and you've never lived there, you have no experience, it's like... You got to put the fucking work in because it's not. You it's just don't. You just you just don't go in there, and then you're just like oh, yeah. super busy, killing it. It's no, like no. you know, you it's maybe not. for a minute, but then yeah. that'll go, and then it's yeah. like okay, it's the relationships you build with people that kind of come totally. off of that. Yeah. So we've got about five minutes left. Um, kind of catch me up on things, you know, quickly, like how your tattoo career developed to where you're at now. I spent I spent um, just over two years at uh, Hate Ashbury, yeah. and then I moved on to Picture Machine Tattoo. I remember those days. Yeah, which was really cool because that kind of surrounded me around a lot of old traditional flash. That was like the first yeah. time I was really submerged it's into still it. Still a street shop, but not a tourist area. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I tattooed till two in the morning because I had the yeah, shift that was like the two to 12, you know? Yep. And so still dealing with all these characters. Yep. But I was surrounded by some people that really started changing my tattooing a lot. Like um, I was working with Jeremy Lin. I was working with Ryan Schaefer, mm-hmm. Jake Diamond. <clears throat> and it was like, it was really cool because... I started like pulling some different influences and even, you know, Jeremy Lin came from Spider Murphy. So I started seeing like, you know, the styles of painting and the way that he would draw that seemed to me before clunky or like kind of silly. But then it started making sense when I saw it applied onto people. So I worked there for about, I think another two, two and a half years. Um, and then I did, uh, a little short stint over at um, Seven Sun, where right. um, yeah, Luke and Eric put me up for two months when I was just kind of in a bit of a transition of life, I should say. Sure. And uh, fucking bless them because that was pretty amazing. I got to work with my good buddy Gordon, and I got to work yeah. with Greg Rojas, and uh, it was really cool. Cecilia well, was Sun was like, like so I like <clears throat> yeah, so I went from these like you know the street shop seeing this like kind of traditional being surrounded by traditional things and starting to like put effort and energy into that. And then I went to seventh son and I saw these guys like art making the art side of the tattooing, you know, like, like Eric and Luke doing these amazing Japanese body pieces, Joey bouncing around, Jeff Croce doing biomechanical. That was fucking mind blowing. Like, you know, it was Gordon just drawing, making whatever the fuck look cool, (laughs) you know, just like, it's a super shop. Yeah. And so kind of through that, 
um, it opened up my eyes again. And uh, lo and behold, full circle, um, Mike Davis heard that I was looking, mm. looking, for, looking for a spot. And uh, he invited me to go over and work with him. Um, yeah. And I ended up putting in about two and a half years over at Everlasting. Yeah. Uh, which, again, I think that's another lesson for young people here. You know, you made a connection early on with Everlasting. I went and got tattooed you know what is I what mean? I did. You got tattooed. I went and spent got money and then years tattooed. later, <laughs> without expecting it, it came back around. It did. Because, again, of the connections you made, the, the, the accomplishments you had, you know. And by then, you were right to just drop into Everlasting and do full custom crazy badass shit right along with everybody else. And you had, you know, you had the watchful eye of Mike who, you know, Mike, if he sees that you're drawing something wrong, he's going to fucking tell you. Sure. <laughs> you know? sure. He's going to be like, ah, oh, that looks fucking weird, you no, know? I, there's very few people I know that draw as well. Yeah. He just has a knack for perspective, and especially people. Like yeah. Like people with expression. It just blows my mind that he can just, you can say anything. Like, we used to do that there. I don't know if you did that. Like, we would, uh, we would just, like, start a drawing, and then somebody would come along and add something to it, and somebody else would come along and add something to it, and they would turn into these wacky fucking things, and usually Mike had these great titles for them, like what the creature was called or whatever. Right, like a snake with a fucking rabbit yeah. head turtle body or whatever, you know, like... Yeah. Just weird wearing a top hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, all right. To reel it back yeah, in a bit. Back in. Informative times with Mike and Everlasting. I was yeah. uh, working with, like, David Robinson and Ben Cheese, Luke Francis. Um, and uh, I got to a point where um, I had met uh, one of my best friends, Austin Maples. Um, we were He had moved to San Francisco, and we were hanging around a lot. And uh, we are hanging with Ryan Schaefer as well. And he kind of introduced us. And then so I started going to Idle Hand a lot and just hanging out with those guys. And I had yep. met um, Holly Alice and, like, Aaron Hodges was there and Jason Donahue, uh, Eric Jacobson. And it was cool because they, uh, they kind of, through that, we just kind of kicked off a friendship. Yeah. And that's where I ended up finding myself now. And I've been there over four and a half years. Yeah. Okay. We've got a few seconds here. Uh, where can people find you? Idle Hand Tattoo, San Francisco. Uh, Instagram? Uh, Derek Montez. Spell that out for people? D-E-R-I-C-K-M-O-N-T-E-Z. Okay, cool. Uh, glad we got to hook this up. It was an Thank honor. Thank you so much. Love you, buddy. Fuck yeah.